Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to all of you for this special Thanksgiving service. Uh, without further ado, let's begin with our opening hymn, hymn 597. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. The Lord is good to all. The eyes of all look to you. You open your hand. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord.
God is thankful we are here. Here is the Lord, and is presenting to you as the one who saves. Our faithful God, who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Let us call to him and admit our wrongs and unfaithfulness. Heavenly Father, your gifts are always good, but sin in me makes them never good. I covet more, I want better. Complain about what I never crave what you haven't given. Forgive me, dear Father. Create in me a new heart and help me fight against sin and work in me. The Lord has shown you his greatest gift. Jesus never coveted, complained, or sinfully craved for more. Instead, he contented himself to joyfully serve God perfectly and did in the cross. Because God has given up the son he loves to be sin for us, you are forgiven. Your sins are paid and covered. May God restore and renew in you a heart of thanks in Jesus Christ. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. God, your mercies are new every morning and evening, and you graciously provide for our needs, all of them, of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your goodness, give thanks for your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience all our days. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
Please be seated. First lesson from 2 Samuel, King David is overwhelmed by the generosity of God. We read, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this weren't, were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human? What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you and there is no God but you as we have heard with our own ears. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Second lesson is filled with thanks too from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord.
Please stand for the gospel. The sermon is based on this section from Luke 7. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she's poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love is shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Christ. Please be seated for the hymn.
the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, your fellow redeemed. Back in Genesis 16, Abram and Sarai were struggling to have kids. And Sarai concocted this plan that she would give her husband to her maidservant, Hagar, and the two of them would have a child, and that would further the line. Pun intended, the plan was poorly conceived. She drew it from the area nations around her, the unbelieving people. That's what they did. Even worse, Abram foolishly went along with it. And what they intended happened. Hagar became pregnant. Sarai became bitter and jealous. Abram became stuck in the middle. Sarai mistreated Hagar, persecuted her, and, and Hagar had enough. She took off. She ran from the Abram and Sarai estate. Pregnant, demoralized, on her own. There she was. The angel of the Lord saw her. The angel of the Lord appeared to her. Encouraged her. Talked to her about the future. What would happen with her. What would happen to her child. And then sent her back to Abram and Sarah. After this miraculous encounter with the angel of the Lord. I mean, Hagar is just wowed and appreciative, and she says some words that I, I don't know that we appreciate enough. She said in Genesis 16, You are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. Fast forward to Luke chapter 7, really a similar scenario. You have an unnamed woman who says the exact same thing as Hagar, just, just without words. She lets her love do all the talking. i got to back up a little bit. There, there is a whole lot of cultural stuff going on in this lesson from Luke 7. And if we're really going to understand some of the depth of what's happening here, we need to get into the cultural things too. I mean, you have a woman... And, an unnamed woman, an uninvited guest, come into a place where there's a meal going on with invited guests and she causes a great scene in a manner of speaking? What in the world is she doing? Then you've got Pharisees, and this is another dynamic, who in and of themselves are, are, are very strict to the word of God, but they clearly have this understanding that our lives are better than most. We are adhering to the word of God and on a much higher pietistic, not sinless, but much, much better than the rest of the people, and especially somebody like this. And then you have this woman who, well, she comes in and she starts anointing Jesus. But she doesn't anoint his head. And that's typically what you did throughout the Old Testament. You, you, you anointed the top, and there's even a psalm that talks about this, and then it comes down and goes over the whole body uh, for, for at least installing a pastor. She doesn't anoint the head. She anoints his feet. And, and her hair is down. 
And that's not something you did back then either. And she's crying. And she's wetting his feet with her tears. And she's not using olive oil, which is what they would have used in the Old Testament. She's using perfume. So, let me back up. If her hair is down back then culturally, that meant either she was doing something religiously, but given this woman's reputation, it likely, they would have all seen her as, oh, she's one of those women. She's doing something scandalous. She's doing something seductive here. Something no reputable woman would ever do. And so everything about her is standing out, and now she's not anointing his head, she's anointing his feet, she's using her tears, and she's got this perfume, which, again, she doesn't have olive oil. Well, where would she get this perfume from? Oh, this must be from her <clears throat> profession that she's used to doing the rest of the time, so she grabbed some of the expensive perfume she has from that lifestyle, and she pours that out, and you can imagine what this perfume is going to do. It's going to fill the entire room. What in the world is she doing there? Well, you've got to back up some more. Back in Jesus' day, and Jesus is in the north when this happens, around Galilee. Back in Jesus' day, it was a neat thing for the host or for area people to invite a respected guest teacher into the home. And that's what's going on. What, what would you do? Well, the Pharisees are clearly looking to talk to Jesus, get to know him better, dig into the scriptures, ask questions. It would have been a really neat thing. Simon, who is the host, clearly has a respect for Jesus throughout this. And he even says that. He refers to Jesus as teacher here. So even though Jesus chides him later for not carrying out some of the etiquette from going, it's not that Simon is being antagonistic to Jesus in any of this. He just clearly overlooked things that the, that the host would normally take care of. And Jesus does point that out. And so Jesus is here. If this is the table, kind of like what this is, You'd have food on the table. The table would be a little bit lowered and kind of like a lawn chair next to a pool where you can suntan or you can lift the back up and, and sort of sit up. Those are kind of the chairs that they would have. And so you would, be, you would have your head close to the table and all of the other people around too. So you can talk to the people around here, but your feet are pointed out away from the table. So you have the invited guests in the center of the room. And houses back then were much more open than they are today. Because on the sides of the home, I'll call it just, this is not the term they would use, but the peanut gallery on the side, you'd have the servants on the side who are looking to take care of whatever the needs are here. So any uninvited guest from the community could come in, but they would have to stand on the side where the servants were, and, and there was a goal with this. The Pharisees wanted the community to learn and to listen in on the word of God that they were talking about. What more could bless the community than to have these things go out and spill out into the community? So this woman comes in, she's welcome to come in, but she's supposed to stay on the side where the servants are, and she doesn't. She crosses the line, she comes in where the invited guests are, and she goes right up to Jesus' feet and 
Jesus makes a comment later on. This woman has been doing this from the time I got here. So this was going on for a while. She's crying. Her hair is down, which is not what you did back then in public. She's crying over his feet, wiping them with her hair. She takes out the perfume, anoints, and she's kissing them prolifically throughout the entire time. And then finishes up. Clearly, this would have been quite the scene. How could anybody miss this? Well, Simon the host saw her. He saw what was going on. And again, how could anybody miss this? But you have to understand how Simon saw her. He saw her according to the stranglehold of her local reputation. He saw her according to her sin and guilt and shame. He saw her according to a comparison against his own higher holiness and she was so far less. Do you see how he didn't see her? He didn't see her. He didn't see her as a person. And his anger and disdain towards her and the kind of life she had, it's boiling up, boiling up, boiling up until finally it brims over and he's thinking in his mind, not just disgust against this woman, but as this scenario keeps going on and she's doing this at Jesus' feet, what in the world is wrong with this teacher named Jesus? And he finally says it in his mind and heart, and Jesus heard it, of course. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Of course, again, Jesus heard this. Simon, I have something to tell you. Go ahead, teacher. Two men owed a certain moneylender money. One a lot and the other less. 500 denarii, 50 denarii. Both couldn't pay. So the moneylender decided to forgive them both. Now, if we ended right there, this is the shortest parable Jesus told. And again, it's invited, it's an invitation for the host, Simon, to evaluate what's going on here, and then Jesus is going to be able to get through to him. Now, which of the two is going to love him more? The one who had the higher amount, I suppose, forgiven and canceled. Correct. And now, here is the clincher of the text. Do you see this woman? Not do you see this woman according to the stranglehold of her reputation. Not do you see this woman according to her sin and guilt and shame. Not do you see this woman as compared to you and what you think your holiness is, Simon. Do you see this woman? The way God does. As a person. Is somebody in need, 
somebody to be lifted up. And then Jesus went further to to defend her and and the great faith and love that she was demonstrating. Simon, this woman has shown great love in doing this for me where you didn't, in doing this for me where you didn't, in doing this for me and you didn't. And again, he's not saying Simon was antagonistic to Jesus. He just completely dropped the ball and should have had some servant take care of this. But this woman with her great love, she understood the great depth of sin she had. But she saw the even greater generosity of God, the money lender that forgave it. Likely this woman would have heard the preaching of Jesus around that area and she took these things to heart. Faith was created, came there to demonstrate her great love. And now she got to hear it applied directly to her in the presence of all of these esteemed, invited guests. Woman, your sins are forgiven. This is the same one that Hagar saw in the Old Testament. This is the God who saw her. This is the same one in Luke chapter 7. Now it's just God in the flesh. This is the God who sees you. This is the God who sees you as a person. This is the God who sees you in your great need and knows how to help you. This is the God who sees you in the terrible depravity of your sin and for Jesus' sake forgives it completely. This is the Lord who speaks up for you and defends your new status and reputation in the kingdom of God and who's willing to say that before the entire world even though the world wants to run you out of town. Kind of like it did Hagar, what it was trying to do to this woman too. This is the Lord who understands the the, the messes that we've chased after with our misguided love and and the local perfumes that we've tried to use to cover over this stuff and yet with the love of Jesus Christ, he's won our hearts. And he's led us to see that the love and the faith that we place in him, it's never misplaced. And it's never misguided. You want to thank God for something this Thanksgiving? Go ahead. In our service did it too. Thank him for all the stuff of life. Thank him for the toys and the boats and the four-wheelers. Thank him for the bank accounts and the cars. Thank him for your health. Thank him for the family that's around the table and the food that's in front of you. Those are all wonderful blessings from God. And he deserves praise for them. But if you want to thank God for something this Thanksgiving, this is a little bit different kind of Thanksgiving text, isn't it? Pour out your love on him. Because this is the God who sees you. This is the God who helps you who cares for you, who loves you, and who forgives your sin. By grace, he will never see you as something less. And by the power of the gospel that Jesus fulfilled, you will always be something more. Because that's how he sees you. Amen. Please stand.
continue with the responsive prayer. Give thanks to the Lord, who is good. His love is everlasting. Come, let us praise God joyfully. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. For the good world, for things great and small, beautiful and awesome, for seen and unseen splendors. We thank you, Lord God. For human life, for talking and moving and thinking together, for common hopes and hardships shared from birth until our dying. For work to do and strength to work, for the comradeship of labor, for exchanges of good humor and encouragement. We thank you, Lord God. For marriage, for the mystery and joy of flesh made one, for mutual forgiveness and burdens shared, for secrets kept in love. We thank you, Lord God. For family, for living together and eating together, for family amusements and family pleasures. For children, for their energy and curiosity, for their brave play and startling frankness, for their sudden sympathies. For the young, for their high hopes, for their candid criticism, for their search for freedom and fairness. For growing up and growing old, for wisdom deepened by experience, for rest and leisure, for time made precious by its passing. For your help in times of doubt and sorrow, for healing our diseases, for preserving us in temptation and danger. We thank you, Lord God. For the church into which we have been called, for the good news we receive by word and sacrament, for our life together in the Lord. We praise you, Lord God. For your Holy Spirit who guides our steps and brings us gifts of faith, hope, and love, who prays in us and prompts our grateful worship. Above all, O God, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who lived and died and lives again for our salvation, for our hope in him, and for the joy of serving him. We thank and praise you, eternal God, for all your goodness to us. Permit one special prayer tonight, a tough one. Uh, Jean Porter was a teacher here. Uh, She's retired, of course. Her husband, Dexter, died suddenly in a car accident this afternoon at 1.30. Again, that's Dexter Porter, died in a car accident across the state. He was on his way back from hunting this afternoon. Uh, We're going to have a prayer for Jean. Heavenly Father, our times, both the present and the future, they are in your hands. And today, suddenly, around 1.30, you chose to take the life of our brother, Dexter Porter, by a car accident. Lord, we praise you for the Christian faith that he had and that you saw him in his need and brought his soul to your side. Now in Jean's great need, please see our sister. By your gospel, assure her, help, and encourage her through this difficulty. And now hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence. Give thanks to the Lord who is good. His love is everlasting. And we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.
Good evening, everyone. And welcome again to all of you. I just want to say thanks to all of the work behind the scenes, the, the choir, the musicians. I was, uh, I was watching Sue Van Tall with all of the things she was juggling there. I mean, just, just beautified the, the piece and really, really well done. So thank you and thank you to Luther and Gillian as well, too. Um, I don't have any announcements for you. Anything from you to share for tonight or the rest of the week? Not seeing any, please greet one another. God bless you all with a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. 